You are listening to the Age of Heroes podcast, a podcast dedicated to pop culture, fandom, and the geek world. My name is JP Saurikolia. I am a digital creator committed to inspiring others to pursue their passions, their dreams, and goals. I am sitting down with creators and influencers from all walks of life to talk about their work, their experiences, and how to make a positive impact. Welcome to the show. guys, how you doing? JP Saurikolia here, and welcome again uh, to another episode, uh, this epi- this week's episode of Age of Heroes, uh, this podcast where we cover a lot of people in the industry, collectors, uh, we talk about collectibles, we talk about comics, and today I have a, a great um, guest, uh, it's a guest of honor that I'm so happy that he took my invitation, there's a big time difference, he is in Singapore, I'm in, in the States, uh, so there's a 13 hour gap. But I'm so glad that he was able to take this invitation, and um, definitely I'm going to pick his knowledge today. I'm going to ask him a lot of questions, and that's his, uh, this is Adib uh, MD, and Adib is a co-founder of Kinetikets, a company that has really done amazing work since the beginning of this company, and Adib has been at the center of it. Um, I love what he has done, what the company's doing. Uh, last year, they were acquired by mighty jacks and they're they're going places and definitely today we are going to ask him about his career talking about a lot of the things that they're they're doing right now and a lot of knowledge we're going to ask him a lot of questions in reference to the industry things that sometimes we as collectors we don't get to see and i know adib can share uh light on some of those subjects that sometimes we just don't know much about welcome to the podcast adib how are you today i'm good i'm good happy to be here yeah, thanks for the invite. You're welcome. No, thank you for really taking the invite. Um, you know, this is the thing. You know, this time of the year, I know many uh, companies are really busy. I talked to a few um, uh, people, a few uh, company owners. I talked to a few of them. And unfortunately, right, of course, you know, we get they're getting ready for the summer, which is gets busy with a lot of presentations and cons. So most people don't have much time. But I appreciate that you took the time uh, to be here. Now, I know... The Adib that I know is the one that I see, of course, on social media. Um, the one that has been very, uh, you've been in animation. You've been, uh, you have worked with great big companies. You're working in gaming uh, as a designer. Uh, you're a sculptor, not only a digital sculptor, you're also a traditional sculptor, which is something that is getting harder to see. Uh, you've been a lecturer. You've been, uh, you have taught in, um, and I think in, in Singapore too. So you have a big, you're a great background. Uh, you've been uh, exposed to so many different aspects of the industry and uh, also as the owner, co-founder of Kinetikets and now the in the art direction there, you know, you, you've been, you have filled a lot of shoes. How does it feel to be like that? And, you know, from your words, uh, I'm going to take your words here. Um, who is Adib? How you got into all of this? Yeah, I mean, it's the typical kind of startup for me. It's um, like as a kid, I was more into art than anything else. I wasn't really good at studies. Um, I mean, they always said I was, if I put my head into it, I will, I will do well. But my head was more in art and drawing in my textbooks than anything. So it was like kind of, um, I mean, apparent that I would do something in terms of something that's related to art, I guess, yeah. So 
Um, I'm originally from Bangladesh. Uh -huh. uh, so I came to Singapore to study, which was 20 years ago. Um, and I did my kind of higher studies here in animation. Um, and I didn't even know what was animation before that. Like, um, at one point I was actually in a computer science course, uh, and, and in my programming lecture happened to suddenly mention about 3D animation and stuff. So I was always interested in art and I thought computer science would allow, allow me to create computer art and graphics and something related to it, but I had no idea that this world of animation and 3D modeling and all those things existed. So, you know, when 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 they met, when the lecturer mentioned it, I went and did my research and then I immediately like kind of knew that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something related to 3D and animation. Mm -hmm. And I managed to get, in, get into a school in Singapore. I was considering uh, schools in the States and mm -hmm. UK actually at one point, um, but things got a bit uh, hairy because of the 9-11. Yeah. At that time, around 2001. So it was like difficult to get visas and things like mm -hmm. that. So I thought, okay, why not check out the, you know, Southeast Asian region? And then I came across Singapore. And then I came across schools here and I uh, came over to study. And of course, after graduating, I was also lucky enough to get a job as an anime animator in a video game company, mm -hmm. which was Tecmo Koei. Mm -hmm. um, and so at that time, it was just known as Koei before the merger with Tecmo. So those are the guys who did Dynasty Warriors and Ninja Gaiden mm -hmm. games and things like that. So I was an animator there for four years. Um, and then after that, I did animation for um, uh, Ubisoft Singapore, uh, the Singapore branch, doing mm -hmm. uh, working on a few Assassin's Creed games and things like that. So I was quite lucky in the sense that I got to have a, you know, shops career in terms of um, doing uh, in the in the video game industry itself mm -hmm. um, but of course halfway through that career um, that's when I was also starting to dabble in like uh, traditional sculpting so mm -hmm. because com co animation is done in the on the computer right so yeah I wanted something that you know was more tactile and allowed me to get away from the computer mm -hmm. and do something creative um with, with my hands so i started you know dabbling in I, I mean i had interest in making sculptures when i when I, as a student and things like that um but i didn't really dabble in it much but then as i in midway through my career when i started to dabble in sculpting i kind of realized i really enjoy it so one thing led to another where some a friend of mine actually commissioned me to make a sculpture like mm -hmm. i made a just for fun, I made a sculpture of Ryu versus Sagat. I, if you go dig up my Deviant Art yes profile, I think you'll see that uh, that 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 very first sculpture I did um, of Ryu like doing uh, Shoryuken on Sagat. Some yeah, it's a very old sculpture. That was the first thing I did just for fun. And then one of my friends was like, "Hey, you're doing cool Street Fighter characters. Why don't you?" He actually commissioned me to make a Street Fighter uh, character, which is Makoto. Um, and 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 I did that for him. So one thing after the other, as I shared this work, these works online, mm -hmm. uh, people started approaching me for making commissions of you know char different characters. So mm -hmm. all this was pre-digital age. It was all hand sculpted mm -hmm. and painted and things like that. So uh, so as I was working in video games, I was uh, doing the these commissions for people, private commissions of characters of video games. Mm -hmm. um, so I had I worked on 
um, different characters from like even Final Fantasy. Um, I even did a like a original character design with my friend and then Scott. So those 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 were something that I was doing while I was working in video games. Uh, it was like uh, you know video games by day and then uh, sculpture stuff at night. Um, so uh, at one point, my friend and I and my my current co-founders. Mm -hmm. we came together because we knew each other in the local scene in the artist conventions and things like that so we thought hey you know why don't we come together and create uh create sculptures of characters that we love mm -hmm. um like street fighter characters marvel characters and whatnot but uh then we were thinking you know but we want to do it the right way we want to get the actual copyright and mm -hmm. license to actually do these characters so we set up a company um and then um we were thinking okay which will be the first license so we had contacts at capcom mm -hmm. because we work in the video games industry so uh, through a friend we managed to get in touch with the licensing department and yeah so that was the start and then the rest is kind of the history of Connecticut. <laughs> so um but we were like um doing this Connecticut's thing actually as a part-time thing so we had day jobs mm -hmm. um until around 2018 or so i was the first one who started to kind of go in full-time but my partners were still part-time mm -hmm. and it was when um uh mighty jacks acquired us last year is mm -hmm. when we all went in full-time so okay uh kinetic kineticus was kind of running on uh like our part-time time, time mm. uh, wow for the first for the first seven eight years so Mm. Uh, and and it is it is actually uh, only last year that we all went in full time um, after the acquisition by Mighty Jacks, uh, which okay. was also a big thing for us because now because we are in it full time. I mean, we are able to dedicate a lot of time and resources mm -hmm. uh, because of the because of all the support Mighty Jacks has been giving us, um, and and because of that, we have a lot of things planned for this year. Mm -hmm. um, and and something we haven't really shared before. Uh, is that like this year we have a launch of pre-order almost every month. Wow. Um, so, uh, and, and next year will be even more. So mm -hmm. we're already developing uh, projects for uh, next year. Mm -hmm. And speaking of like being more efficient, one thing that has really helped us is also uh, be able to uh, get all our like um, backlog of projects mm -hmm. that was like kind of, delayed or in production for a very long time it allowed us to like uh, get everything to a point where now we're almost like cleared of all our previous projects that we uh, were that were due to co consumers mm -hmm. so uh, i think like by april this year we'll pretty much be done with everything that we have released uh, i mean previous i mean yeah that were in production mm -hmm. um so by april and may we'll be kind of cleared of all that um and uh, everything moving forward will be a lot more faster and more efficient because of you know this what what happened mm -hmm. yeah. so i mean <clears throat> so as i was saying that during while i was working full-time in video games mm -hmm. i was running part-time so um and 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 uh before that i was doing privately commission stuff but of course now i don't do commission stuff anymore so right now i'm just so-called the creative director mm -hmm. uh, uh of for Kineticets. And I work with four, uh, three other founders, mm -hmm. um, you know, who each fulfill a different role. 
Um, but of course, we all do a little bit of everything. But yeah, I mean, right now I I, I also do some sculpting mm -hmm. for some of the projects. But most of it, my time is you know more of on the business side of things, uh, liaising with partners, uh, like uh, you know like kind of overseeing the art different artists mm -hmm. projects for us. And yeah, I mean generally. Uh, feeling a lot of shoes has has, has always been kind of the theme of my career, I guess, um, uh, and which makes me sometimes question my uh, legitimacy because I have no specific focus and mastery of anything, just doing a bunch of check of everything. <laughs> um, That's but, the thing uh, about um, the thing that I that I kind of admire about you. What you know, I've seen is that, you, like you said, like you do so many things, and you're really you're really good at those things. Like I seen you doing traditional sculpting, the original pieces that you were, were produced by your company were, you were the one sculpting them. Um, of course with other guys, but you were doing a lot of the sculpting, which to me was amazing traditional sculpting. Um, you paint. Um, I know a lot of sculptors that don't know how to, you know, they don't paint, they just sculpt and vice versa. Some painters who just paint, but you're very well-rounded in, in so many things. And I think it has to do a lot, of course, with your experience and, all these years that you have been involved in different within the same industry in one way, but in so many different areas, you know, from animation to gaming. So you have been in, in so many aspects. You have, you know, wore so many different hats over the years and you still do, which that's something that it really speaks of your talent as an artist, as an overall artist. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, like, um, I, 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 I had, I do have some, a bit of a imposter syndrome where I think that, um the recognition and uh, uh the the opportunity to do a lot of these things i mean it's 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 undeserving but I, I it is like kind of fun to do to be able to do a lot of these things um but i also feel like maybe i'm not you know my my efforts are not enough or <laughs> good enough compared to all the you know people who are other more people. focused on uh yeah other people who are focused on you know specific tasks like sculpting or you know doing the art direction or creative direction and um and even animation when i was doing animation mm -hmm. you know like i was in the animation for about eight to nine years um yeah i mean i didn't become like a super master animator or anything like that so i was doing that for in nine years and I now and now I'm now mostly doing sculpting not really animation anymore mm -hmm. so you know jump, jumping from different things here different. and there yeah but uh yeah but again I feel fortunate as well like I am able to do things that have that holds my interest and um and, and it's all comes back to you know just anything creative and artistic mm -hmm. is what yeah I mean I can't imagine I can't imagine myself not like doing anything artistically Mm -hmm. at any point in my life uh, I mean even though I have to do a lot of um, liaising and with partners and mm -hmm. um, uh, handle a bit of the business side of things um, but I can I have to have my foot in some sort of artistic or creative endeavor so this yeah. is the reason why I, I, I even though I'm not that great a sculptor I still uh, you know take on some of our projects for Kineticets to do mm -hmm. the sculpting that's your and, outlet uh, yeah yeah, and then thanks to like the our creative department, which is the I mean, um, basically it's two other guys, uh, Kiet and uh, Calvin, who is in who's the design director, and uh, Kiet is the art director. So it's because of their kind of feedback and you know uh, moderation that 
Mm-hmm. Uh, our our work that goes out there to the public are up to standard. If it were just me, I don't think it would be as good as it is. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, I do need that like creative outlet and artistic um, foot in the door, mm-hmm. as you might call it. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I I do try to do the best I can in all these different roles that I fulfill. But I, I see myself actually kind of because of now I have to be the company has to be a lot more efficient because of mm-hmm. the acquisition, right? Like we have to run a bit more efficiently and produce, um, like because we have the capacity to produce mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, I think uh, I will be doing a lot more managing. But I will still my my role for doing creative things will be minimal, but it will still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of the uh, time and effort will be managing the artists and all the great people doing all the work. What is the your favorite part of the job now? Uh, what you do? What is your favorite part? What is your uh, least favorite part of the job as well? I guess you can say I'm. Um, I do enjoy. Uh, seeing a project come together so mm. even if it's not a project that um, I'm myself sculpting mm-hmm. um, but it's also nice to see like other sculptors doing their thing and how cool they are how much more talented they are than me mm-hmm. um, put put things together uh, because in a in some way or the other uh, even though something is sculpted by someone um, mm-hmm. at least I I'm also able to paint the sculpture when it when when it's time Mm-hmm. So it's it's really cool to see the different projects, the sculptures come to life, uh, whether it's by me myself uh-huh. um, or another artist doing it. Um, and then when we have the final product or prototype ready to you know showcase to everyone, that's usually the most fun part for me. Uh, what I guess I don't enjoy as much is maybe uh, handling the like a lot of the administrative. Mm. work that's required like you know answering emails mm-hmm. and things like that is not as exciting i guess but it's okay with me actually like again i'm I, i'm in a position right now where i can really focus on things i enjoy rather than things i'm not mm-hmm. uh, very uh, interested in so actually i'm quite fortunate in a sense that uh, most of the time uh, most of the things i do are things i have interest and enjoy mm-hmm. yeah it's um you know definitely like like you were saying, like if you're doing this for seven, eight years, doing it technically as a part time, that's a lot of pressure. You know, you have to tell not only you have to create your, pro, you know, you have to come up with a design. You you have to, you know, sculpt it. You have to paint it. Technically, you're wearing so many hats there, but also you got to deal with the customer side. You got to deal with the technicalities of it, where there's the production, the manufacturing. And then, of course, customer service, which is never easy. Um and I know what everything that we've been facing, particularly with COVID, um, things have changed a bit. Uh, in your experience right now, what the things that you have seen in the past seven years, uh, have you seen a major change? And I'm sure you have with COVID in, in reference to everything that has to go into production. Is it more difficult now than it was seven years ago? Mm, I guess in terms of production and releasing of projects, mm-hmm. Things have not really changed so much. The okay. only thing that's like really changed is the cost, obviously. Like what we were producing uh, previously um, for a certain cost was is now like at least double mm-hmm. in terms of the cost. So um, it's not 
it's not surprising that the statue industry and the collectible statues prices have gone up so much mm -hmm. um, is also because of the cost associated with them and the production and all that has also risen quite a bit in over the few years uh, not to mention um, there's a lot of factories now as well compared mm -hmm. to what was available for people or companies previously mm -hmm. so there I mean, again, you think that there's a lot more factories, so then there will be a price competition, right? But um, some things like material costs themselves have risen in China. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like things like a simple thing as packaging, which requires paper products, right? Which mm -hmm. has kind of doubled or tripled in China in terms of cost. So um, so th there's that as well. And then, of course, the shipping costs due to COVID mm -hmm. uh, sky kind of skyrocketed last year. Uh, right now it's kind of gone down back mm. to closer to normalcy or pre closer to pre-COVID mm -hmm. but last year was just ridiculous it was two three times the shipping of what it was originally because of COVID um, and uh, of course last year we also had challenges with some lockdowns in China so mm -hmm. production couldn't continue uh, we had projects which were like um, like shipping halfway but had to be stopped and then continue shipping after that again once things opened up a bit um and uh yeah so but now currently things are starting to be back to normal back to again. normal okay because we have more projects in the pipeline now especially for next year mm -hmm. uh, we are now actively looking for artists to work with uh, for our projects actually so um we are trying to expand our um collaboration uh, co collaborating team mm -hmm. uh, like uh, co collaborations with different sculptors and artists so we're looking not only for sculptors as well but painters as well that we mm -hmm. will uh, we want to engage yeah so there's only so much you can do with the, the number of current uh, employees uh, yeah uh, most of the artists work con on a contractual basis okay. for us so uh, it's not really like employees employees per se but yeah like mm, we are definitely working with uh, more people now for example one of the recent artists that we have started working with is uh or we are actually making a project uh, with is franco carlesimo and i think you know okay. who the sculptor is yes um yeah he's quite known in the, the the community for a lot of the the custom statues and stuff mm -hmm. um, so we 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 have, we have worked with him on a artist series collaboration before but now actually we have commissioned him to um do a project for us which is kind of his specialty uh creatures and things like that cool uh um and it is a licensed product product mm. uh so it's, it's going to be a very different um kind of product compared to what you've done in the past in the past yeah in the past it was video games related most of the time or anime mm -hmm. but now it's going to be something which is a bit more um di like different category in a sense to what we've used to do before so that's one of the exciting projects we have coming out then we also started working with uh scan from studio hive previously mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah so we are doing um some projects with him there as well so yeah i mean a lot of things happening in the background that uh you know is 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 not going to come to fruition or people will not really see it until it's time mm -hmm. um but yeah we're definitely working with more and more artists right now now the question is is when you said that um that sometimes people don't get to see it right away uh, in your experience how long um 
does a project take from beginning from the start point where you just come up with an idea all the way to um you know the product comes into the hands of the consumer how long does it normally take for a product to be designed you know you have to of course go to the licensor and you have to present the products and all that stuff how many how long it takes the whole process the things that we don't get to see yeah like i can just give you an example like mm -hmm. we signed a new license probably last month uh -huh. so um which we will announce again it's, it's it's a license for a product which will be probably launched later later this year mm -hmm. or even early early next year so you won't even see this project um or the prototype of the first product until next year so mm -hmm. um so we just signed the license we just did the concepts of the first product which is currently going through approvals and you know back and forth with the licensor mm -hmm. and then after that once it's approved the sculptor has to start work on it and then the sculptor will probably take at least um three months to four mm -hmm. months to complete it mm -hmm. and that's including the approval of the sculpt mm -hmm. and then after it's approved you may take up to two to three months again to uh do the 3d printing mm -hmm. I, print, I mean most of the work now is digital so mm -hmm. it will be 3d printed and then it will go to our factory for um you know the molding and casting Mm -hmm. uh, the once the mold and cast is done, like the engineering and everything is done, it will be sent to, you know, either me or some one of our painters to paint, mm -hmm. which can again take about at least a month or and a half to mm -hmm. two months. And yeah, and then it's only after that again we have to submit to licensor again for approval. Mm -hmm. And after that, then we can start to think of okay, you're going to launch the product um you know we're going to take all the marketing videos and photos and things like that. so this whole process can take up to a year so wow. this is the reason why um yeah even though the license has been signed now mm -hmm. it's going to uh take some time yeah it's going to take some time to to come to fruition and launch which will take so this is also the reason why sometimes you know people have said oh you know you said you've announced a license or you have said um you're working on the license uh, or you've shown a preview of a product mm -hmm. but then the pre-orders are like you know we are waiting forever for the pre-order to come up so this is one of the reasons why and this is also the reason why we have decided like we won't talk about a license or a product until it's really ready for pre-order so pre when the, when the pre-order is there we are officially making the announcement that we're working on the license kind of thing i see so so it's, it's you know there's no wait time and people don't get excited for no reason. for no reason yeah because i remember like um some some years ago i was going through your website and you have the an example i'm going to use here you had the guilty gear sign there and it was like mm -hmm. okay but we and it took a while to see it but just most recently you have mm -hmm. some pieces to showcase that look fantastic by the way this is the thing we want to avoid is announce something and then people just wait forever and lose the interest. This was one of the things we did wrong early on or previously mm -hmm. where we showed previews and made announcements when the product, you know, took very long to get approved or, you know, produce or, you know, change. like whatever the reason that can go mm -hmm. wrong, uh, you know, can go wrong. And there's no point for us to make announcements and tease anything. Just, you know, put the best, put forward 
at the first time and then you know everybody's excited and then people are ready to pre-order as well <laughs> yeah uh, so um this is the this is the approach we are doing moving forward as well so th this is the reason why also you know people are thinking hey um kinetic's got acquired by mighty jacks and they say keep saying they're working on a lot of things but where's the things mm -hmm. because we are working on a lot of things and you and when it's ready it will be announced and it'll be shown and then hopefully people will like it and at that point in time they'll be pretty much ready to also be able to place their orders and this also means that once they place their orders mm -hmm. uh, because of the efficient better efficiency that we have right now um you know the product will be out within you know two years of the pre-order so uh, within one and a half years to two years the product will be in customers hands no more of you know waiting for years for things to come out as well so this is one of the things also we've kind of worked out and rectified in our pipeline is that previously because we were not full-time in the business mm -hmm. we had limited resources things got delayed or things were slow sometimes projects that sold better mm -hmm. you know went into production earlier and where things broke when some projects didn't do so well they had to be kind of pushed back a little bit in the queue mm -hmm. so you know th that problem is not there anymore where we right now have like um uh, like the queue is maintained mm -hmm. regardless of the success of the project um mm. so when a project is pre-ordered you know it's kind of queued up to go into production and launch mm -hmm. um you know in, in sequence basically um uh so this is this is uh what we hope to do in terms of the overall mm -hmm. um timeline i guess so again to go back to answering your question is yeah. that uh, from the time of license acquisition to seeing the first product it can be uh, at least a year yeah. and uh, um and then from that point to the actual release and you know the product to get in hand to the customers or get, get to the hands of the customers mm -hmm. uh it can take another one and a half to two years two years yeah and and that is pretty much the licensing period in as a as an average so mm -hmm. most licenses that you get is usually for a three-year contract and this is also the reason why you have to extend your licenses in some cases mm -hmm. so Mm, like we have released two monster hunter statues mm -hmm. that's actually over a period of two licensing contracts so it's not just within three years it was over a period of five to six years of two products and that's just two products and then we are trying to kind of continue the monster hunter line because people keep saying hey, more is the next monster hunter and all that so you know you, you can imagine the the products cycle and all that does take time and um and it can be over a period of multiple licensing mm -hmm. uh, and then of course licensing renewals can also take time so this mm -hmm. is all, these are all these things that can go wrong wrong and and things that can delay the process so and generally people might not know that or generally people think oh you know license just you got the license just do the product but there's so many things going on in the background that uh, can delay the process of you know releasing things and launching things and announcing things but thankfully we have you know we have had so many years to figure things out and mm -hmm. made a lot of made a lot of mistakes but now we are aware that you know things need to be announced closer to launch and then our production pipeline is more efficient now so we can get the product in hand to customers quicker uh, of course not not compromising quality of course and um yeah i mean Mm -hmm. the the it's kind of standard for statues to release within you know one and a half two years of pre-orders yeah 
I think one of the things that I noticed about your company and going through, you know, you know, like once in a while you may have someone complaining about something, whether it's, you know, QC or quality control, things, little things that people are not happy about. But one thing I've noticed is that you have been committed uh, as a company uh, to really serve the customer, um, to really cater to their needs and provide as much help as possible. Also, it seems that you have as a company, uh, you know, watching some of your videos you were talking about, that you have a, a, a process in place in regards to quality control. Not only you check for quality control once, you throughout the process, you're constantly checking for those things that can go wrong. Uh, to avoid any type of uh, mishaps at the end, you know, for the final product. Um, do you think that is the perhaps the key of your success as a company uh, as your growth goes? Because many companies come up all the time. You know, there's companies that show up here and there, but a lot of companies don't last long. And it's and perhaps that's because they're not as, I would say, fixated in one way, but also as committed to provide the best quality possible. Do you think that is the reason why you have grown the way you're growing at this moment? your commitment to that, the best quality possible? I think, I mean, we have had obviously challenges and things we didn't do well. And um, you'll, you'll always be like that. Like I I was, to be honest, um, like there was a point when we released our first, not first, I guess, uh, mine was the second. Yeah. So the art journal mine that we did, you know, mm -hmm. we had a QC issues or changes that SNK made us do during, after the product was pre-ordered and which affected the final output not being the same as the prototype. So, mm -hmm. you know, those are things that we learned along the way where, you know, we realized that, um, you know, certain things need to be pre-approved by SNK before you even, sh even show the customers mm -hmm. so that things don't change as much, um, you know, during the process. And of course, we also implemented our QC process where we don't only check the final product before it goes up, but we also check in between the production. So during the production, we check the, you know, the castings before mm -hmm. they're even painted. So we want to make sure the castings are good because once you have painted something, it's hard to change the imperfections on a casting. So these are new things that we implemented last year um, where we check in as the product is being produced at the different stages. And then if necessary, we have even done things where the product was generally um, approved, like our Chunli statue with our germ that we, mm -hmm, you know, we started shipping recently uh, and is in customer's hand with generally positive reviews. Yeah, um, we, we had the product actually ready to ship uh, but what we did was also after the production was completed and everything with QC and everything was done, um, the the product was uh, physically sent to us. One one of the final products actually was physically sent to me, mm -hmm. which we actually checked with Art Germ himself uh, and myself, and we realized, oh, you know, we have done all the QC through photos and things like that like the, the the paint job is fine mm -hmm. but as, as aesthetically the product doesn't look as good as you know we want it to look so mm -hmm. we actually had the factory open up all the boxes again and oh wow you know do the paint touch-ups that we wanted them to do so all all the 450 pieces of the Ooh, wow. journey, they had to open up um then we got our qc guy there to go and address the issues we highlighted to them one by one and then repack them again and then 
re you know um, re put them back into the various uh, you know the the shipping boxes and things like that and then then after only after that we started shipping so you know like we are definitely very uh, committed conscious of mm -hmm. yeah committed to giving the best product possible to our customers and um even after the customers receive the product there might be issues mm -hmm. there might be damages you know we are committed to making sure like you know the replacement pieces or whatever issue they have you know is being rectified or addressed in some way or the other sometimes it takes time for us to send out replacement pieces because sometimes the the production molds of the statues mm -hmm. expire after the production is done they kind of expire and not usable again mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the factory has to go and create redo. new molds yeah, yeah redo the molds which can take time so sometimes also the production like replacement parts take time to produce which some people also you know might feel oh, why is it taking so long to just give me a replacement part of a statue so you know but we also want to make sure when you receive that piece it's you know it's in the best condition possible so that you're happy with your product final product and you know all the pieces are there so yeah i mean even though it takes time we just want to make sure you're happy with the, the product that you receive after all these statues are not exactly cheap right so mm -hmm. um and people want to be proud of their display so it's important to us to make sure that they're i mean after i mean it's a bit of a cliche thing to say but we are collectors too like mm -hmm. this is one of the reasons why we are doing what we're doing is um we, we 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 collect statues too and it matters what you display we want to be proud of your display so um we also really understand why customers will feel a certain way and want certain things the best possible way possible when we want to provide that as much as we can of yeah. course we cannot make everybody happy today <laughs> you know there's, there will always be someone saying you know uh this is not right this is not 100 percent to the prototype mm -hmm. this is uh got a plate paint you know splatter here which is not there uh, but you know we try to address as best as we can to everybody and you know um sometimes we even at a kind of like a loss to us we want to make sure we ship the product to the customer and they're happy you know because we know that in the end if the customer is happy they will come back for more so and think uh, one thing that i personally i i, I like about the way that you you were you were saying but i like your approach to it as a business um because you're conscious that it takes time to get a good product out in the hands of consumers. It takes time. You know, it's like anything else. If you, you can go for something that perhaps is cheaper, but it has less quality. Or you can go for something that is a, a bit more on the premium side, on the, pri on the price tag. But it has the best quality, has been reviewed, has been checked, has been... Everything has been thought out. And even though, you know, there's never it's no such thing as perfection, because sometimes there's going to be some flaws here and there that are unseen for most people. Uh, but at least you're committed to provide the best product uh, because, you know, like companies that they have a turnaround, uh, they 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 put something on pre-order and all of a sudden, like six, seven months down the road, the mm -hmm. products are out. But um, those products, there are a lot of problems with the product because it's not of the best quality. But you take your time. And I think that is a um, a testament of that commitment that you have as a company. But I think that is also appreciated by the consumer, by the collectors, because they're the ones. That, that I think that the best feeling is when you have customers posting pictures of the unboxing or the pieces they have, and they're just praising the product. Do you feel every time? Are you nervous every time like a product is going out? 
And are you nervous of the reaction of the consumer? Do you get nervous? Do you lose some sleep? Mm. How do you feel at that moment? Because I'm sure that that is crunching time. That is the point where you, you want to make sure people are satisfied. Do you worry at that time? Yeah, now speaking of losing of sleep, I did lose sleep over when, you know, like again, going back to that Archer Mind that we released, you know, it, it really like made me quite stressed that time when people were, you know, giving feedback that it was not up to par. And I was thinking like, why, where did we go wrong? And then it made me figure out like, oh, all these different steps that happened, like it's just unfortunate series of events that happened, like changes from SNK, uh, final production sample was approved through picture, but not in person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all these things went wrong and done mistakes we made. And I lose, I lost, I was so stressed at that period of time. I felt like, oh, you know, should we just, um, you know, reproduce the whole thing and send customers something. And that was also why, you know, I offered everybody who were not happy with the product you know, um, free repaint. Like I offered everybody who were not happy with their product, send me your statues, I will fix it. You know, I will repaint it, whatever is need to be done myself and then send it back to you. So you're happy. Um, so since then I've kind of also realized that, oh, okay, you know, we've learned some lessons and we will try to do the best we can. But every time a project goes out, especially mm -hmm. like when the Chundi, Chundi statue went out, I think we did the best we can, but I still felt nervous that, you know, will people be happy? Will people not react well? But I was generally confident because I think we did the best we can and mm -hmm. the product speaks for itself. Um, and of course, you can always go back and as an artist, you always feel you can do things better um, when you look back at things. But that's the great thing about doing what we do is that every subsequent product can benefit from a previous product learning experience. And then you do the preceding products even even a better job so now i've kind of learned not to be so stressed about things mm. you can't control like uh something i learned from from my wife mm. is that you know don't stress over things mm -hmm. that you can't control mm -hmm. uh, just do what you can with the things that you can control so and as long as you've done that well then i think it's good enough and so i don't really feel as anxious anymore about when a project goes out, as long as we've done the kind of the legwork to make sure it's the best it can be. Mm -hmm. Well, that is actually very sound advice, you know, like from your wife, um, because the truth of the matter, there's so many things that, you know, you think you have control, but control is just a, is a fictitious thing. It doesn't really exist. You have no control. All you can do is you do your best. It's, it's kind of the, the, you know, that law, they say everything that will go wrong. Will go or, wrong. I mean, yeah, will go wrong, right? <laughs> um, so, so you just do the best you can and with what you have in uh, what you're able to do. So as long mm -hmm. as you've done that part, I think it's okay. You can, your conscience is kind of should be clear and also not try not to stress or worry too much because, um, yeah, I mean, you've just done the best you can and that's that's the best and it's not good enough then it's what it is it's fine move on and do better next time now um of all the pieces that you have produced so far um if there's anyone that you're is your favorite is your baby the one that you feel like man that's something that i'm so proud of because everything maybe came together the right way or is there's any of those pieces that you have produced as a company that you're like super satisfied with the whole result because like you were saying earlier you know you know, I think all artists are critical of their own work. Um, 
And I'm sure that, you know, there are things that you see in some other pieces that you have produced as a company that you're not totally satisfied with the final product. Is there's one that you still feel like, man, this is the best work we have done so far? Mm, I'm quite proud of, again, going back to the Chun-Li that we just released mm -hmm. or is shipping right now. I think we're quite proud of that. I think the overall product design and quality came out really well. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm also quite proud because I sculpted that uh, and painted that as well. With, mm. well. Of course, you know, with heart germ, close, mon close supervision, and also at the same time, um, a lot of the design elements done by the guys and the team. And so, yeah, I think we're, that's one of the more recent projects we are kind of very proud of. Uh, one of my personal favorites in the lineup of our products, I think, is uh, I would say Devil May Cry, the, mm -hmm. the, the Dante and Virgil that we did. I think even now there's nothing um, that version that we did of Dante and Virgil. I think is that is comparable. Still, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's one of the better ones in the market right now. Um, and well, I mean, speaking of that, I would love to revisit that franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of my favorite game series. Um, so I was quite happy with you know how Terry Bogart. Oh yeah, that's an know, amazing piece. Uh, yeah, that's that that is a big piece actually. It is a monster. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, is, it is a monster, but I think that product came out really fantastic, um, especially with the lighter feature and everything. Um, you know what I love about yeah, I the, the piece and I, I think one, one thing I, lo I love about what Kinetics does your company does is that it's like you and I, I seen I heard you many times saying this that you want to produce the best representation of a character something that hasn't been done mm -hmm. but at the same time something that is iconic and to me when I think about Terry Bogart doing that pose which is so classic in you know whether it's Fatal Fury or King of Fighters Terry Bogart is something that we're also quite proud of. So it was, um, I think design-wise and everything, it was quite, I mean, I mean it, it turned out really great. I think it was the best, one of the best representation of the characters. And speaking of like representing characters, like I think um, we try to do that for every license and every, I mean, it is the what drives our choice of licenses as well. Like if you're not interested in the characters, we don't really, you know, want the license in a sense. And that was one of the great things about even now after the acquisition by Mighty Jacks, who have given us to a lot of access to a lot of licenses. Mm -hmm. So all the licenses, it's not like, you know, whatever license they have, they don't say, oh, you guys got to do it as well. It's actually a process of where we uh, propose or we say, oh, we are interested in the license. We are not. And in fact, in licenses we have interest in, but Mighty Jacks doesn't have, they actually help us to pursue and procure it as well for us. Even though they themselves don't have the license or they had they didn't have any plans with the license. So um so we 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 always go for characters that we know and have interest and love for so that we can do the best representation of that character. Now um and that's it's it's, it's definitely great because um it's it's good to know that 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 because sometimes the fear is um I think the fear is when acquisitions happen that you companies lose the essence of how they started or the the driving factor or the thing that they wanted to see or the vision they have initially because of course now you have a 
mother company, another company that is technically directing you to go in certain paths and you can kind of, that waters down some of that initial vision. It seems to me that um, you have free room to really continue exploring the projects that you already had in your heart. And that's, I think that's a great thing. Um, so, so, and, 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 so you will continue on, uh, uh, you know, with the gaming part of it, you know, or, and you mentioned that you're also going to try other things there. Are there any other things that you can share with us? Of course, you know, there are things that sometimes are, you know, you cannot share, but there are other projects besides just gaming that you're interested to work on uh, as a company? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is also kind of, I mean, we have, we are gamers and we, especially fighting games, uh, mm -hmm. I've kind of grown up playing fighting games, especially SNK games. And mm -hmm. this is all of the, this is, I guess, the reason why we even started like with Street Fighter and now King of Fighters. And um, I think by the time this video goes out, we'll have a launch our Haumaru statue. Uh, oh, that'll be cool. Some Samurai Showdown. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, of course, we have other licenses that we have uh, definitely interesting and we I mean even right now is being developed so um I guess again by the time this goes out uh I guess it's safe to say that um like Mighty Jacks has which is a public information basically Mighty Jacks has the Stranger Things license right oh wow and it's something yeah so uh you know we are doing definitely doing something with that and yeah, and uh, I will also say that uh, I, I mentioned mentioned a sculptor's name just a while ago. So I'll put two and two. I'll let guys, I'll, I'll let the audience kind of put two and two together and guess <laughs> what we're working on. But um, yeah, so it's those are the kind of things we have like kind of access to, thanks to Mighty Jacks, and uh, we ourselves have requested certain licenses that we want to pursue, which is not just gaming. Um, it's also like related to comics and mm -hmm. um, uh, you know TV shows and things that we enjoy as well. So uh, it's definitely have we have definitely we are definitely expanding our categories of licenses. But of course, we'll keep doing our basic stuff mm -hmm. um, like our our core IPs, which is uh, SNK, uh, you know, Capcom stuff and. Um, uh yeah the anime stuff is also kind of expanding for mm -hmm. us as well um so yeah we'll be we'll be doing more and more more categories of products moving forward now and i'm sure that you know like they say competition always helps and it's always good to have competition um there's a lot of companies right now they're doing amazing work as you know um and they're they're bringing a lot of stuff that it's, you know, like I could have just go back 10, 20 years ago. I would be like, man, I cannot believe what these companies are doing. Um, what companies are really calling your attention? What companies do you feel like, man, they're really doing something amazing that we want to be at the same level of this company. So we are competing with them and we're amazed as artists, you know, you as artists um, looking at the work they do. Uh, what companies are really catching your eye? Um, I, I guess we don't really compare ourselves to other companies. Like we want to, the, that's the whole point, right? We want to be different from everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I think our focus is mainly to try to differentiate ourselves from the rest. Um, but of course, there's a lot of other companies doing a lot of very cool stuff. Like, of course, uh, there's a um, sideshow uh, doing some interesting stuff. Uh, some, some, like their, their, their designs are interesting. 
mm-hmm. advised the like we've we've even had like meetings with the creative team with sideshow before because they are one of our distributors mm-hmm. uh, but we're also trying to have see if there's possibility of you know doing creative collaborations yeah so those are those guys there are doing great stuff in terms of like the art side of things especially uh the original stuff like court of the dead stuff is very impressive and very mm-hmm. cool um uh, and then you have like prime one doing very detailed characters um um you know so the artistically is very impressive mm-hmm. um so th- those are you know companies that um people that people know about that we kind of also appreciate the, the level of quality and products out there um yeah i mean but again we don't worry so much about it it's more like we uh we obviously of course we want to grow and have exposure and sales as much as possible mm-hmm. but at the same time we don't really like compare to ourselves we just want to stand out more and differentiate ourselves even further in fact like our, one of our goals moving forward is to try to um you know create a unique style with our products where it's unique to our to us um um and 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 it could be like the style is oh you know it's uh you know Connecticut usually makes characters in some sort of action and which is unique um uh, like rather than you know a standard museum kind of pose that um is kind of common among mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Quarter, quarter scale statues but at the same time we also want to keep the cost of characters low so we don't want like a statue which is quarter scale and so big and so costly you know we don't want that either because nowadays people are concerned about space yeah more than size ever, yeah. of statues yeah so yeah i mean i guess there's so many great products out there so artistically as an artist there's always something to be you know inspired by and um appreciate now, um, and I know that you um, also go to different conventions, particularly in 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 Asia. Um, but are there any plans to to go to other cons um, internationally? Maybe going to uh, maybe Europe or coming to 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 North America, coming to the United States to to do any presentations? Are are there any plans? If if you can share that information. At the moment, there's no concrete plans for it. Okay. But I guess I can say that um, uh, I mean we'll definitely be attending more international cons, not just Singapore Comic Con. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the moment, there's no concrete plans for it. But we do have like uh, plans for Anime Expo uh-huh. this year in in the states. Uh, we ourselves will mm. not be there with a booth or anything. Oh, but, the uh, But we. But there are there is an ongoing plan right now uh, to actually launch or showcase one of our products there at uh, one of the most one of one of the more prominent artists booths who, that we are working with. Okay. So there is a plan to launch a product at Anime Expo. Uh, I believe it's in Los Angeles, if I'm not wrong. Okay. Um, but that's happening in July, I think. Okay. It's one of the largest anime cons. So we do plan to have a launch there uh, right now. Uh, but good. again it's not it's not a booth per se but one of our products should be there. We'll be able to see it so um yeah. what is the biggest market that you have right now as a company where is that your products are selling the most it's mostly in asia or you you have you know you have customers all over but what is the the market that you you have the biggest share it's I mostly it's mostly us and uk the uk I mean, not uk i mean i mean europe europe yeah 
yeah, it's uh, first the states for sure, and then um, and then Europe is the second market. Yeah, and, and you know it's amazing because, like, for example, I, I I grew up in Mexico. I'm from Mexico. I was born in Mexico. I live in the United States, but as I'm in Mexico and Latin America, SNK, it's always been like, um, you know, it was so popular. Not in the United States, you know, the SNK games. You know, in America, I think some games, but King of Fighters wasn't as not it wasn't never as big. But when you go to Latin America, you go to Brazil, you go to all those places and many parts of Europe, it's always been super super popular. So I think it's one thing that um, your company is able to stand out because in reality, there's not many companies producing SNK products. Well, there's now, but you've been technically some of the first companies that are concentrating on doing a lot of that, you know, those type of licenses, you know, those products from SNK, which to me is, is something that I think you you do well. And um, definitely, I, I love the gaming stuff that you're producing. Um, I'm so excited for the Guilty Gear stuff that is coming along. Uh, also, we just have like uh, the reveal recently with the with Darkstalkers with Dimitri, which is an outstanding piece. Like it's very, very different than anything else that you can think of, but it is representative of the art where you know you took it from. Um, that is a fantastic piece, and uh, this is the thing. Is it seems, it seems to me that uh, one thing I notice about what you do as a company is that you take bold steps uh, into the in the art direction. You try to stay true to the source material. Uh, and you stay through to the sort of material, but you do a lot of dynamic things. Um, is that what you love the most? Is a, you, you love that type of dynamic posing? Or you want to get into I, I museum mean, at some point or anything like I that? I mean, well, I guess once we reveal our Haomaru statue, okay. Samurai Shodown, it will not be like a dynamic, crazy piece or anything like that. We actually intended to do something dynamic and crazy with him. But we thought again, you know, as a character for Hamaru, like there hasn't been a good museum piece. Okay. And so that's kind of the direction we are like also being open to. Like for example, the Dimitri statue is nothing dynamic. It's just him on a throne. On right? a throne, yeah. We the 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 the, the focus and um, so called the epicness of it is the 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 concept and the, and it's the a... details and yes things like that. So um, you know, not every piece that we do is dynamic per se mm -hmm. so we are doing things which are you know just showcasing the character well you know mm -hmm. um so but of course it doesn't mean we'll stop doing dynamic like for example our upcoming kami statue will be you know the same design style as our chundi which is a, which is dynamic so mm -hmm. it's all there like we are just trying to expand our line and and whatever suits the character basically if it works for the character then that's what we'll that's go they're with. gonna go for yeah and um speaking of snk license that you mentioned is um we are we were one of the first to start doing the quarter scale high-end statues now of course yeah. there's a lot of other companies doing it um but we're also one of the lucky ones to be working directly with the japan hq okay. side of things whereas a lot of other licenses have to go through the china uh license uh, licensing office and mm. partners um but where we work directly with the the japan team uh the japan licensing team and the japan uh, game designers who give feedback on our stuff so um they're also kind of happy to work with us because um you know uh where like a lot of the the, the things that are coming out in the market not all of them is being overseen by the the development team of the oh, okay. so yeah so 
um, yeah, so we, we are fortunate in that sense, and we are proud to be part, kind of a partner with them in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a license, uh, it's a partnership we kind of tried a lot, many years to establish. Um, like, we always loved, or especially me, I love personally, grew up playing this NK game, so I always wanted this partnership. With but them. it took us like, yeah, so we took us two, three years to actually uh, land this partnership and, and now that we have it it's uh yeah i mean it's been a pleasure and um and definitely we will keep doing it um because i think there's definitely demand for snk products and characters and snk is so rich in characters or games mm -hmm. that are they not just king of fighters like there's samurai showdown there's metal there's slug there's, yeah there's metal slug there's uh last blade even yeah so we haven't yeah, seen so the really last blade collectibles that I know. I don't maybe some maybe PVC pieces here and there, but like you mm -hmm. said, there's so many licenses that so many games that they produce over the years. And we are also fortunate to be one of the first to work with Arc System Works for Guilty Gear. So mm. um and, and then we just recently extended our contract. So I mean we will continue to do more guilty gear pieces. And again, again, recently what before this interview, just a few days ago we uh, we did a, just a casual poll, not poll per se, but more like ask people what do they want to see from us. Uh -huh. So a lot of the responses were, you know, SNK games, um, uh, Guilty Gear stuff, Monster Hunter stuff. So there seems to be a lot of demand for these things. So, and it's great for us because we love these games and characters. Now, when you're talking about games, uh, imagine that, like you said, that you're a gamer. So is that what you do? Or is there any other things that you do when you're, when you're off work, when you're not working, is there anything that for you to do that you do to distress yourself after a long day, long week of a lot of things to do at work? What are the things that you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, gaming has been part of my life since young. Like, it's the thing that got me in trouble. It's the kind of thing I used to go to arcades and play. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad used to take away my PlayStation controller when he used to ground <laughs> me. Um, but you know, gaming has always been a part of my life. I've been in video games, working in video games, and now even working on video game IP statues. So it's always been a part of my life, and it's something that I always uh, go back to when I want to just have you know just distress and have fun, get away from it all. Um, uh, and and uh, I haven't had the chance to do that a lot mm -hmm. um, in the last couple of years. Uh, but recently I've been trying to get back into it again. Like, you know, once a week, I just want to mm -hmm. have fun and just play, you know, catch up on the games that I want to play. Uh, it's not a lot of games I play that I want to play, uh, but you know, um, like recently the God of War Ragnarok, Ragnarok yeah. came out. So, so I, I even got a PS5 for that to play on. So, um, just to, you know, just enjoy and distress sometimes it's, it's always been gaming. Yeah. Other things that you do besides just uh, you know the gaming part is there any other pastimes hobbies uh, that that you um, enjoy well i've always enjoyed driving i guess okay um, uh, but since i came to singapore 20 years ago i haven't had an opportunity to drive because the public transport system here is so good mm -hmm. uh, but now i'm like kind of uh, getting trying to get back into it because i i i i, I mean uh, even uh -huh. again, well, going back to gaming, I was to play Need for Speed, and I had a lot of enthusiasm for yeah car cars uh -huh. and driving, and that's something I'm trying to get back into. 
I mean, I mean, I'm kind of rekindling that love that for cars because yeah. yeah, that passion because my dad had a business of reselling, importing and reselling cars. Cool. So I grew up grew up around, around cars. cars. Like, yeah, so uh, I'm kind of rekindling that a bit now, and then I also uh, have like um, a bit of my house is kind of like a zoo because I have a lot of aquariums <laughs> in it. So I, I like I, I like animals in general. So mm. I have a couple. I have two cats, and then I have like a lot of fish tanks in my house, which something mm. my wife complains about. Is like why is the house full of fish tanks <laughs> and taking up so much space? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So those are like kind of my interests and passions that I have. Um, Do you have any yeah, kids? I mean, now you so you mentioned you're married. Do you have any kids? Oh uh, no, no, we don't have kids. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, uh yeah i mean we also i also kind of have enjoyed cooking in general like okay um but that's yeah that's always been there since my student days as well because i had to kind of set yeah. cost cook at home kind of thing and then yeah it's been there since then when you look back at all these years um how you started you know when you were just um a kid that got to singapore just to go to school um when you look back to your to your life, you know, for the past what twenty years, perhaps it's mentioned twenty years. Yep. Do you imagine? Do you ever imagine when you look back and you said like this will be your journey at this point? That was that the dream to be where you at right now, or you envision your life to be in a different direction back then? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned a bit about it where. Mm -hmm. You know, I always enjoy drawing. Like I, I think I had, I was very lucky to have supportive parents. Mm -hmm. So when, even though in school I wasn't doing like super well in a sense, like I, I, I had more interest in art and things like uh -huh. that. So even then, my dad like, you know, let me take private uh, art Lesson. classes because yeah. I had interest. Yeah. So, um, so I had some. I was lucky enough to have those experiences and share. But I never knew that what I would be doing like. Again, I went into computer science at one point uh -huh. for six, six months thinking I'll be doing like computer art, you know, but it's totally a different thing. It's different. more, it's very technical and more on the programming side of things. So, you know, but of course that also allowed me to find out about 3D animation and mm -hmm. the, the art, artistic side of animation and things like that, um, which then led to, you know, me studying animation and then also eventually land as, as a career in a game company doing animation itself. So in a, in a way, the, the linking factor, mm. the common factor was games always. But I never knew that I'll be working in games, but I was fortunate enough to be there. To be there. Doing those, to be there doing those things. And in fact, when I was teaching, there was a point after, you know, being an animator for eight, nine years, I was teaching mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. animation and art-related stuff in a, in a, in a college, mm -hmm. uh, which they call poly, polytechnic here. Yeah, in Singapore. But um, yeah, I was there teaching, you know, animation and art related stuff. So it's it's always been art and video games in a sense that came to, you know, all, all, all kind of led to where I am today. So, but I never guessed that I would be doing it. It just happened. It just happened. Days. It just came yeah. um, organically. Um, well, you know, definitely it's been, it's a journey. Like uh, when I look at your resume and look at the stuff you have done, um, even before I started doing this, you know, the, you know, before the interview, I try to do my homework. I try to make sure that I know who I'm talking to, not just to ask stupid questions, but, um, definitely you have a, a you know, lengthy resume and definitely a very interesting career. Uh, you have done a lot of things, which is amazing. Um, now, now looking 
now at this point in time, mm. now looking towards the future, um, where, where do you see you or yourself? Where do you see yourself 20 years from now? Uh, or what is the plan? Of course, we cannot guarantee the future. Nobody knows, but where do you want to, where do you want to go? Where do you, what is the destination that you want to see in your career? Do you have a plan? Like, it seems that like you have plans and things sometimes they just come naturally, but is there anything that you would like to be doing in the future? I don't see my, I, I can't tell the future, but mm -hmm. I, I know that right now what my focus and goal is to make sure that, you know, I want to do this, what I'm doing right now, as long as possible, okay. as long as I can, mm -hmm. uh, as best, as best as I can. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's, that's what I want to do. So um, as long as I'm able, as long as I'm, you know, um, able to do all these creative things and artistic things, I'm very happy. Okay. Um, and, I'll, and I will do them as long as I can. Um, but of course, you know, um, as, as, as I get older, I guess um, I would want to, you know, like, it's also something that my wife likes to complain about is that, uh -huh. uh, oh, you know, you have a lot of model kits, unpainted model kits in the house. Okay. You know, when, when are you ever going to have the time to paint them? But I, but mm. I always tell her, oh, you know, this is my retirement plan. So when I retire, <laughs> I'll, all I'll be doing is painting all the model kits I bought over the years that are uh -huh. not painted, sitting in storage. And I will just be, you know, you know, a guy just painting and just having fun painting them just for myself and not worry mm -hmm. about you know, uh, anything just paint the paint model kits as I as I age. So that's kind of the um, the plan uh, when I'm like don't have anything to do or I'm not working on this anymore. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I guess I see myself, you know, in the long run to be able to do something. I cannot imagine myself not doing anything. I will always anything. be doing something, mm -hmm. something creative, creatively. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely pursue all my different interests that I have. Um, yeah, and 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 uh, get to a point um, because re recently it's it's been essentially recently that I've been thinking about my um, you know what I want to do ten years from now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know, I can't predict the future, but I'm I'm starting to think that that's what I want to do to be able to do those you know creative things, mm -hmm. um, the things I love like painting, artistic stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and all the different passions and interests that I have, I just want to pursue them, you know, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a passive way. But for sure, I want to be able to do what I'm doing now as long as I can, as long as best. We wish you, you know, I wish you personally the the best on that. I think you you're an example for a lot of people. And now, definitely coming to the end of the podcast. Um, any last words? Uh, any advice that you would have for anyone? any young artist that is out there in the world, you know, maybe in a corner of the world, they say, well, how can I make a difference? How can I become successful? Any advice to them? They want to kind of follow in your footsteps, uh, maybe get into the arts and into become sculptors or digital sculptors or in the animation or gaming, or perhaps they want to create, have their own company at some point. Uh, what advice would you give anyone out there that is, that looks at you and looks as an example to follow? Yeah, I think this is a very, I mean, it's a common question I get asked, but I think it's also an important one because, um, I mean, I know there's even, even myself, when I was a student, I wondered like, well, how am I going, what am I going to do? How am I going to, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, uh, do something creative and artistic and, you know, is there even a career in it and things like that. But of course, now it's more common to, you know, be able to do creative stuff and mm -hmm. artistic stuff. So I think, especially with the advent of internet, you can learn a lot online, um, take a lot of classes, mm -hmm. uh, look at other people's work and use them as a benchmark. Um, there's even mentors like other artists giving mentorship programs to people around the world. So the world is very global now and you have a lot of opportunities to learn. So I think the, the main thing one person can do, at least an artist can do is, you know, just learn and get better at things that they enjoy doing and, uh, but be the best they can. Like, you know, don't have to compare yourself with others, but, mm -hmm. you know, just do what you can and be the best uh, of what you are able to do uh, and just focus on that. And I'm sure at one point you'll get to a point where you're able to, you know, uh, if you want to make a career out of it, then you are able to do that. Um, you, there will be someone who will be needing your services. I mean, you know, there's also this advent of AI art and things coming up right now. Mm -hmm. I think um, while things will uh, change because of that, but I think also at the same time, that also makes uh, artists more valuable in a sense that it's not uh, machine generated artwork, but rather someone bringing their own take on certain things. Mm -hmm. So um, just focus on, you know, the fundamentals of art, learn the best, the, be the best as you can. And, and, and there's no, and this, this trying to be the best is not a goal that is ever attained. Mm -hmm. I mean, even now I'm trying to be best I can, but it will never be attain because I'll be personally for the rest of my life. So, mm -hmm. you know, don't think that, you know, it's, there's a goal point that you will ever get to, but it's a goal that you should have so that you can, you know, keep improving and doing the best you can and focus on learning and enjoying. That's the, 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 the journey is more important than the destination. So mm -hmm. it's important to just focus on learning, focus on um, doing the thing that you enjoy. And then what, whether it culminates into something that, you know, is a career or you earn something out of it, is again is a, just a positive outcome and something that will um, happen if you if you have your focus on the right things. So I think just focus on what you enjoy and try to learn it because eventually someone will find um, will need that service because um, there's always a lot of opportunities um, mm -hmm. to you know to, to to pursue a career in the arts and I think. You know, having a company, I mean, again, it's not necessary because some people, you know, are just happy doing, working for someone or working for clients, mm -hmm. especially now you can work remotely from anywhere in the world for clients anywhere in the world. So, you know, you could be working for someone or you can be doing freelance. It's fine. I mean, there's no such thing that you have to work for a company or you have to set up your own company because even setting up your company comes with its own challenges, um, you know, challenges and things like that. So. You know, there's no such thing as, oh, you have to be an entrepreneur or you have to do work for a big company. It's whatever floats your boat, right? You mm. can be a freelancer, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be an artist doing, working for a big company. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, I think it's it's totally fun. And uh, everybody, I guess, needs a purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess, I think the end of the day, um, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, I think it's... That's 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 the whole point of you know life, isn't it? Like you just enjoy what you are with the short time that you have here, you enjoy what you can experience, I guess. Basically, just do what you enjoy and um 
things will kind of fall in place because some people worry about, oh, you know, will I be able to make a living out of it? Will I make a career? But just, you know, if you have the right focus, it will all work out. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, uh, I don't know if it's pretentious of me to say, it's because I've been very lucky and fortunate. Mm. So I, I, you know, other people, some people may not be so fortunate as me and have the privileges as me. But being an artist is definitely a privilege and not everybody can pursue, not everybody has the circumstances to be able to even consider. So I guess I'm lucky in that sense. But I, I mean, if anybody is considering it, I guess, yeah, well, that, that that's pretty much, you know, um, what I have to say about it is that just find that thing that you enjoy doing and just continue doing it as long as you can. And, and it will work out, eventually work out. If you get if you if you you know improve yourself to a point where you will get recognized. Mm -hmm. Well, Adip, thank you very much. Um, definitely was a nice conversation with you. It was a very there were we talk about a lot of things. Uh, you share a lot of information in reference to what the on the production and the the company side, uh, but also um, as a person. And I appreciate your time. I do appreciate. I wish you the best. I'm. I'm Definitely looking forward to see more of your products this year and next year. There's a lot of new things coming, a lot of exciting things coming from your company. And definitely these are exciting times. And uh, I will tell to the viewers, but also to the listeners to the podcast too. If you haven't looked at the stuff that uh, Connecticut is doing, I will have the links in the description, all the information. Follow them on YouTube. Uh, follow them on social media. I have all the links for you. Uh Look at the stuff they're producing. Pay attention. Definitely, this company is going places, and uh, and definitely they have the mentality, they have the mindset, they love what they do. As I did mentioned here, uh, he's a, also they're humbled uh, in their challenge and what they're doing. They're concentrating on the mission that they they want to produce the best product in their field, and I definitely I think they're they're getting there, they're achieving their that every single day. So, all my viewers, thank you very much to all the listeners, and thank you, Deep, once again. Thank you for for taking the time. My friends, God bless you. Take care. We will talk to you again. Bye-bye.